they think it's cool because a lot of them don't have grandfathers or great-great-grandfathers that served in the war. Hello, Anastasia Harmon here. Thanks for joining me for Left Behind the Scenes. These are mini episodes that I'll publish occasionally, and they allow me to chat with you in an informal, close to one-on-one format. In these episodes, I'll offer you answers to frequently asked questions about the Left Behind podcast, descriptions about how I research the people I highlight, and details on topics that tie into Left Behind episodes. So let's get started. In this week's Left Behind episode about the Aldrich brothers, that's episode 29, Jean Gary, the daughter of one of the POWs I highlighted, said something extremely profound that I haven't been able to get off my mind. I know that my children understand that they can face anything because in their blood runs the blood of a survivor. Just to know that you have that in your blood, the strength and the stamina. So just having that inner strength, I guess, is what it is. And faith that everything is survivable, no matter what the world throws at you, you can overcome it. When we were having a telephone conversation, her comments really struck a chord with me because I've heard the same idea before. And in fact, this idea was the subject of a professional research project. And I'm going to get more into that in a bit. But first, what if knowing about your past people actually helped you have a strong family or a happy family? Or better yet, what if focusing on the past allowed you to have more confident and resilient children? As a parent of young children, I think that would be fantastic because confidence and resilience are something that I feel like children today are struggling with and I definitely see this in my own children. So I've got some good news because knowing about your history has been proven to do those things and it's actually pretty easy and extremely powerful. So first let's chat about belonging. Belonging is a basic psychological human need. It's not a want. It's not a nice to have. It's a need. Gregory Walton, a social psychologist at Stanford told CNN several years ago, quote, Our interests, motivation, health, and happiness are inextricably tied to the feelings that we belong to a greater community that may share common interests and aspirations, close quote. So the sense of belonging helps us get through hard times. It's the support of having someone say to you, this is hard, I've been there too, it'll end, and you'll get through it. And of course, the ultimate place of belonging is in a family and family bonding is key to confident children. In the early 2000s, a psychologist who was studying children and learning disabilities noticed something interesting. Quote, the children who know a lot about their families tend to do better when they face challenges, close quote. So she shared this idea with her husband. His name was Marshall Duke, and he happened to be a psychologist at Emory University, and he was studying how family tradition and ritual affect the strength of a family. So intrigued by his wife's thought, he set out to test it. He developed a do you know survey and had dozens of families take it. And the results were staggering. Dr. Duke found that, quote, the more children knew about their family's history, the stronger their sense of control over their lives, the higher their self-esteem, 
and the more successfully they believe their families functioned, close quote. But when people don't feel this strong sense of inclusion at home, they look elsewhere. And for that, I need to turn to My Little Pony. In 2013, my husband showed me a documentary that he probably regrets doing to this day. It's called Bronies, the extremely unexpected adult fans of My Little Pony. So this documentary follows young adult males who are major fans of the TV show My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. So this all-male fan group mainly contacted each other online, and they would create fan fiction, songs, art, and even new My Little Pony characters. Eventually, they had their own fan convention, and they called it BronyCon. In the documentary, something that struck me was that the young men they spotlighted were very emotional about their attachment to the show and to each other. It seemed that in both the show and with each other, they found great meaning for their lives. So in other words, they belonged. I also noticed that some of the highlighted bronies seemed to feel at least somewhat outcast from other more mainstream social groups. But they found acceptance, friendship, and similar interest with other bronies. They found identity within this group, this sort of quasi-family. And this group felt and thought and acted similar to themselves. It's part of a larger grouping phenomenon that can be observed in pretty much any walk of life. So, for example, seeking and finding a sense of family, community, belonging is one of the top five reasons that people join gangs. I found this quote on the LAPD website, quote, To the majority of gang members, the gang functions as an extension of the family and may provide companionship lacking in the gang member's home environment, close quote. Or think about the loyal, tried and true fans of sports teams. Sometimes it seems that diehard fans remember their team's glory days and they believe that the team can get there again. That sounds a lot like, this is hard, I've been there too, it'll end and you'll get through it. The fans share a passion, a belief, a narrative with others who feel similarly. We were a championship winning team once and we will get there again. We're just in a slump. People in these groups find identity and meaning and strength, at least on some level, by a sense of belonging and storytelling within their group. But think what would happen if this powerful, influential group was your family. And creating feelings of belonging at home might be as simple as telling your family's story. Here's a quote from Dr. Marshall Duke. He was the psychologist at Emory University. Quote, the single most important thing you can do for your family may be the simplest of all, develop a strong family narrative, close quote. So you'll remember that Duke gave children a do you know survey and he asked questions like, do you know how your parents met? Do you know where your grandparents went to high school? Do you know about anything terrible that's happened in your family? Do you know the story of your birth? In other words, did these children know their family story? The ones who did know that family story were emotionally stronger, more resilient, and more successful in overcoming challenges, which I think is just amazing. So you might be asking, well, what makes a family story? Well, it's the story of your family across several generations, from you to your parents, to their parents and their parents, or from you to your children and grandchildren and so on. 
and this story can have an upward momentum. So your grandfather came to this country with nothing, and today we've got the most successful store in the county. Or it can be downward in momentum. We used to have it all, but we lost everything. But Dr. Duke says, quote, the most helpful narrative is the oscillating family narrative. Dear, let me tell you, we've had our ups and downs in our family. We've built a family business. Your grandfather was a pillar of the community. Your mother was on the board of the hospital, but we also had setbacks. You had an uncle who was once arrested. We had a house burned down. Your father lost a job, but no matter what happened, we always stuck together as a family." Close quote. Sounds kind of like, this is hard. I've been there too. It'll end and you'll get through it. Dr. Duke continues, quote, when faced with a challenge, happy families like happy people just add a new chapter to their life story that shows them overcoming the hardship, close quote. Knowing the stories of our people roots us. It gives us a deep foundation, helps us to know we're part of something more than just the present. We're one link in a chain of history behind us and the future ahead of us. I love this quote from Alex Haley. He's the author of Roots. Quote, without this enriching knowledge, there is a hollow yearning. No matter what our attainments in life, there is still a vacuum, an emptiness, and the most disquieting loneliness. Close quote. By the way, Roots was a book and a miniseries in the late 1970s about a young man captured in Africa and enslaved in the United States in the 1800s. It was based on the author Alex Haley's own research into his family history. All right, so let's get practical. All this theory is great, but until you can incorporate it into your life or your family, it's not gonna do you much good. So here's a few ideas, alter them and change them to fit your circumstances because they're meant to inspire, not dictate. So my first suggestion is learn your family stories. You talk to your parents and grandparents about their lives. Pay attention when people start sharing family stories and then record or somehow remember them. Look for family stories on sites like Ancestry or Family Search. My second tip would be to share your family story with the children in your lives. I would do it informally during mealtimes or if you do family nights or other things like that. And I'd encourage grandparents and other family members to share stories during large family get-togethers like Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. I mean, some of my favorite memories were sitting around the dinner table and my father telling stories about when he was a kid and being chased by geese and other crazy things. So here's where I'd like to tell you that I'm amazing at doing this within my own family and with my children, but the truth is I could be a lot better. But here's something I've noticed as I've tried to share my family story with my kids. My great-grandfather, Alma Sam, inspired the Left Behind podcast. So my children have picked up a lot on the stories I tell about my great-grandfather's experiences. Well, the PG versions of the stories, because some of the things that he experienced are, are not appropriate for my children's ears at this point. And I know that they've picked up on this because I've overheard my 11-year-old son tell others about Alma Sam and what he did during the war. And can I just say that having a child who was a good four generations removed from World War II Talking with pride about his great-great-grandfather who served in the war and survived his POW experience, that's just exactly why I create Left Behind in the first place. But don't take my word for it. Here's my son talking about Alma Sam. 
knowing his story has been able to help me during the science fair, it's not as much as an endurance as being a POW, but I was thinking about it during the judging. It helped me just like keep on going because it was very hard. Like being able to teach people about it. I've taught it to my friends multiple times. They think it's cool because a lot of them don't have grandfathers or great-great-grandfathers that served in the war, the World War II. So I think it's a cool story to them. There's pride about my grandfather. I like to talk about it because I have pride in my grandfather and how he survived and his story is inspiring. By the way, I didn't tell him what to say. I just asked questions. So what does all this have to do with POWs in the Philippines? Everything actually, because knowing their stories allows their memories to live on. But beyond that, knowing their stories can help us realize the strength of human nature that resides in each of us, regardless of whether we're related to one of these prisoners of war. And for families of POWs, well, as Jean said earlier, if you know the blood of a Bataan Death March survivor runs in your veins, you might just realize how much you really can endure. Well, thanks for listening, and I'll be back Monday with a brand new POW story. Have a fantastic day.